You're listening to episode 84, Fertile Minds Radio, and I'm your host, Hilary Talbot-Roland. So I encourage women to kind of reframe the process instead of it being like, I'm doing all this to get pregnant. And so when I'm not getting pregnant, why am I doing this? Versus like instead to think of it as daily practice of self-love, because everything that you're doing to try to get pregnant is really you know, supportive of your current and long-term health and quality of life. And health, you know, as we all know, is one of the most important things. When our health is not there, every other aspect of our life is affected. And then like when you're not healthy, if you have the flu or if you have a broken arm or something, whatever it may be, we're reminded of like, oh my God, like I would do anything to just be healthy right now, you know, because I can't work. I can't show up in my relationships or whatever. So to, you know, really nurture your health, it's such a practice of self-love. And I think that that reframing it that way can take some of the bitterness and resentment out of like feeling so overwhelmed or feeling like you're doing something that's not working and, and so on. If you are looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to reclaim your fertility to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. That excerpt is from our guest, Heidi Brockmeyer. She is a licensed practitioner of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, and she has a decade of experience helping women grow their families. She's supported hundreds of women in her clinic in San Diego, and now thousands of women around the world in her online community. She teaches women how to get pregnant, have a faster, healthier, easier, and more affordable way in her online program, Fertility Activation Method. She loves teaching women how to renew their faith and their ability to conceive and how to take back control of their health and their bodies, which you know I love because we can't get enough of the mind-body connection here on Fertile Minds Radio. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Heidi. Thanks for having me, Hillary. I'm super excited to be here and love talking about the mind-body connection, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's such an important part of Chinese medicine that I don't think a lot of people realize until they get into working with an acupuncturist. Yeah, I feel like Chinese medicine is just so brilliant, so sophisticated and understanding the, the interaction between the mind, like your your emotional mind, your mental health, and your physical health, and how you know they're a, they're a package deal. Obviously, way more than Western medicine really understands that. So it's just so helpful to be able to look at the mind body connection through a Chinese medicine lens. Yeah, I'm pretty hopeful. I guess I would say I feel like all the research that's going into meditation and mindfulness. You know, even though. A lot of that is just proving what the the ancient wisdom traditions knew for thousands of years. I feel like now people are maybe listening here in the U.S. a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's your absolutely. take on that? Yeah, it, it is. It's definitely promising. Um, um, you know, there's all sorts of studies that come out that pretty much confirm what traditional medicines have been like. Yeah, we, that's what we've been saying. But it's great. I mean, it's it's really helpful to have research confirm these things. And beyond it being, you know, woven into um, ancient traditional medicine practices, I think it's just intuitive. We know our minds are connected to our bodies. It just makes sense. So it's it's nice to actually start like putting all of the pieces together. So from 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 whatever modality, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, and just daily practices. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's one of those tricky things that we always need proof that it's actually happening, even though you know we're walking around with our bodies in mind. Like I got the new iWatch the other day for my anniversary present, and I have to admit that I'm a little obsessed with the EKG on it. <laughs> And I keep taking it and being like, look, I can think something terrible and watch my heart rate. And my husband's like, stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. like that's kind right. of good. And I don't know, that could cause its own set of problems. Right, well. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it'll wear off here in a week and I'll stop doing that. But it I find it fascinating. Though. Yeah, absolutely. To have right. that that proof and that reminder. I mean, I think that's what it boils down to is that we just need constant reminders because it's so easy to to get pulled away from that especially with just like our modern hectic lifestyles and all the distractions and the pressure that we feel to like go 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 and do 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 that we just we just need reminders in all sorts of forms whether it's through you know like a, a mindset podcast or a new research study or you know some fancy apple device <laughs> 
Right. It's all helpful. <laughs> right. All helpful to remember that your brain is actually influencing your body for sure. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, you know, you've been, you were, or you are an acupuncturist and you have been for over a decade and your specialty has always been fertility. How did you come to work with that amazing patient population? Yeah. Um, I was just kind of like serendipitously called to it kind of fell in my lap and it just, I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this and it's great. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't actually know that I, you know, I went, when I was in school, I wasn't like, I'm going to be a fertility specialist. Although I definitely was always drawn to um, women's health. And I was also always drawn to supporting uh, my patients emotionally. I felt like that was such a strength of Chinese medicine, as we just talked about. But also it was something that really I found personally fulfilling. Um, And then when I graduated, you know, and I was just like, you know, like, I got to find work, (laughs) I got to start paying my student loans. And I can't wait to practice this medicine. And um, I was a single mom. So I had a kid to support. So I was just, um, I just like looked for a practice that was busy that maybe needed an acupuncture, another acupuncturist to join them. So I called up this one practice that happened to specialize in fertility. And she was like, Oh, that's so weird. I was just going to put, um, put like a classified ad out today to look for somebody because I'm going to be going on maternity leave. And so I, um, was interviewed and I was invited to join that practice and I didn't, you know, know so much about fertility at the time, but I was so lucky because I was mentored by her and I was also mentored by her other associate who also had many years of experience. And so I was able to just like hit the ground running because they were there supporting me and, and filling in all the blanks and telling me like, study this, look at this. And, um, you know, I remember my, the very first fertility patient that I had there and, you know, she got pregnant, um, a few months later and just like, wow, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is such a, such a special, um, special specialty. (laughs) So that's how I fell into it. And it just felt like, it felt like a calling, but I didn't know it. Like I didn't seek it out. It sought me out. And, and then it was just a perfect fit. Cause like you said, they're, they're just such a wonderful group to work with. Um, women trying to conceive are just, super smart and just devoted and committed as patients. They, they listen to you. They do, they do what you like. They follow your advice. And so you can actually, you know, make progress and then nothing's more exciting than like the, the positive pregnancy test and the, the baby pictures and the ultrasound pictures and all that stuff. So that's so crazy. You and I had very similar, um, I guess tracks into our calling. I didn't realize that. Oh, really? Mine. Yeah. Mine happened in school. Like I thought I was going to treat athletes. I had a degree in physiology from UF and I just kept getting, well, I started getting pregnant people first and then I got a fertility patient and I just found it so gratifying because the athletes were just going to go out on the field and break their body again and push it to the limit. But then births kind of and like caring to terms started to seem like the ultimate human feat in my mind <laughs> and the ability to support them emotionally too, in a, in a real holistic manner. You know, I studied at, under Dr. Um, Leon Hammer and he was a psychiatrist for 20 years before he apprenticed himself to Dr. Shen. So we got a ton of mental, emotional, uh, Chinese medicine kind of upbringing, if you will, in school. So it kind of all of a sudden was this perfect fit. And then I got hired serendipitously by uh, the head of Fasoma. He came to speak at our school and I had seen his practice and I was like, that's yours. You have more herbs than we do. And he said, well, come talk to me. Somebody's going on maternity leave. <laughs> and she was a fertility specialist. Oh, wow. And I, yeah. And so I ended up working under her kind of like very similar. I think that that's so crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And it, it's so funny how, you know, you can't predict these things and life has plans for us, you know, and especially if we're willing to just like go with it and so that's awesome. Yes. That have that in common. Life definitely has plans for us. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your take is when you're talking with your, your clients about 
their perception of time. Because when you're trying to have a baby, you want a baby yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not happening fast enough. So, you know, what are some words of wisdom you can share with our our listeners from a TCM lens about time and being in the right place at the right time and nurturing mm-hmm. your body to get along the way? Yeah, well, one thing I really like to remind women of, and it's not necessarily through TCM lens, but um, TCM influenced, of course, always, <laughs> uh, is the fact that it this process obviously involves a whole other um, person, you know, your your future baby, a whole nother soul, a whole nother spirit. And this might get, be getting a little bit, you know, out there and, you know, like, kind of into the like a spiritual category and and um but you know I I like to think of the the fact that there's this other spirit this other soul that's also preparing to come to earth you know to come into this physical form and they might not be ready yet like the pieces may not all be in place quite yet it might not it, it obviously your your health is something that's important that's definitely should be um prioritized and you really want to pay attention to your health so that your body is in the right position, your mind is in the right position to receive a baby. Um, But then there may be a lot of other uh, pieces like where you're living or just things within the greater family that it just might not, there's a divine timing there. That's the moment for the baby to come into this realm. And I think that just takes a little bit of the pressure and like the idea of blaming oneself for it not happening yet. Like, Oh, am I not, did I not take my herbs perfectly? Did I not eat perfectly? What am I doing wrong? Why am I not in, you know, why is my health not perfect? Um, Cause you hear of so many cases where couples tried for so many years and then they stopped trying and then they got pregnant like five years later and it doesn't really make any sense logically but maybe it was just that was the time that that soul was ready to come into this physical realm so I think that that's kind of a comforting piece to keep in mind um and then otherwise as far as timing um yeah it's just it's I I also encourage women to kind of reframe the process of trying to conceive, like in terms of everything that you're doing for your health. Um, You know, you're you're maybe taking supplements and you're eating healthy and you stopped having alcohol and coffee and you're maybe meditating, uh, going to acupuncture, whatever, all of these things. And it can obviously feel overwhelming and it can be easy to kind of like get obsessive about it and think, well, if I'm, you know, I have to do it perfectly. And if I don't do it perfectly, it's not working. And is that why it's not working? Um, and then if, when it doesn't work, if you don't get pregnant that month or you, you face some disappointment, then you can feel like, well, I'm doing all of these things and it's not even working. So why am I bothering? And then you might rebel because you feel resentful and, you know, kind of, um, and then be inconsistent with the efforts that you're making, you know, like binge on some ice cream or stop taking the supplements or stop going to acupuncture, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, which is totally understandable. So I encourage women to kind of reframe the process instead of it being like, this is, you know, um, I'm doing all of this to get pregnant. So when I'm not getting pregnant, why am I doing this first? Like instead to think of it as daily practice of um, self-love because everything that you're doing to try to get pregnant is really, you know, supportive of your current and long-term health and quality of life and health, you know, as we all know is, one of the most important things when our health is not there, every other aspect of our life is affected. And then like when you're not healthy, if you have the flu or if you have a broken arm or something, whatever it may be, we're reminded of like, Oh my God, like I would do anything to just be healthy right now, you know, because I can't work. I can't show up in my relationships or whatever. So to, you know, really nurture your health, um, it's such a, it's such a practice of self-love. And I think that that reframing it that way can take some of the bitterness and resentment out of like feeling so overwhelmed or feeling like you're doing something that's not working and, and so on. I love that. So you're, you're essentially saying just make sure that you move your intention for all the things that you are doing off of the outcome of having the baby and onto yourself of like, I'm just, I'm just enhancing my health here and waiting till the time is right. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful way to put it. And of course, it's not like it's a daily practice because of you know, you're going to go through emotional ups and downs. And it's really important to honor those emotional ups and downs and not feel bad for having those feelings either. That's part of the, the supporting your, your whole health. Um, but yeah, exactly. That's the gist of it. <laughs> Easier said right. than done, I know, but it's for sure. It's a, it's a valuable practice for all of us, no matter, you know, what our challenge is in life. Right. Well, in some days, it's not day to day, it's moment to moment, right? Mm -hmm. But I I do feel like those practices will serve you well when you are pregnant. And then when you become a parent of, you know, how to manage all those circumstances that are kind of flying at you when life um, takes on a a new trajectory uh, and speed, right? Which I'm sure you can uh, talk about with, you know, being a single mom, that's huge. Mm. Um, to manage all of that and your career. And so those practices that you teach, I'm sure you embody them quite well in order to be able to handle all that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I embody them well, and sometimes I embody them terribly. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Just like all of us. And then when I do it terribly, I'm like, this doesn't feel good. (laughs) You know, this isn't, this isn't helping me or anyone around me. So it's a reminder to like get back on track. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of this will benefit, like you said, during benefit you during pregnancy and 100% um, during being a parent uh, and also set such a great example for your kid. Right. Like the ultimate thing that you can teach them that I definitely mm-hmm. was not taught, right? You know, how to be aware and mindful of yourself and manage your emotions rather than just having them and thinking they're happening to you, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, if we had all just been taught that in school, and like nothing else, you know, growing up, right? I I think we'd be doing pretty good. (laughs) Yes, I would love to see a reintegration of gym class followed by an emotional intelligence class. (laughs) That would be great. That would be amazing. Think of all the strife we would avoid, like all of the relationship like struggles that everybody goes through throughout life. Think of how much of that could be avoided. Yes. That's a whole other conversation. Sure. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a whole other conversation. But I, I do want to talk to you a little bit about Chinese medicine and, you know, our take on the importance of a fertile menstrual cycle. Um, and even um, sperm health is kind of a biomarker for, for overall well-being and health because there is this concept in TCM that you know your body wants to create life. They're just, you need to be free of blockages physically, mentally, emotionally, and, and even spiritually in some cases. So um, would you describe that to our listeners in terms of, you know, because some are just starting out and don't know, like, what is the purpose behind a healthy menstrual cycle and what does that look like? Yeah, sure. I, I love talking to a like-minded uh, colleague about this stuff. Um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of women, I find their cycle isn't healthy and by unhealthy and that could show up in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, we should on average have a 28 day cycle plus or minus, um, not minus too much, you know, like any less than 26 days is I, I don't like to see a cycle any shorter than that. And I like to inch it back to the 28 days, but, but, uh, um, you know, up to say 32 days within that win- window, 26 to 32 days, I consider pretty healthy, um, so if, if your cycle is on the short side or if it's on the longer side or if you have, you know, really painful periods or really heavy flow or light flow or you're, um, you know, you, you have a lot of spotting before you get your period or you're um, getting po- multiple positive ovulation readings or you're not getting positive ovulation readings, there's a lot of different areas where a cycle could be um, off track. And a lot of women, I find, um, they, they're going from zero to 100. So let's say their cycle is, is, has a lot of symptoms to it that shows that, you know, like you said, it's a biomarker of, you know, that your health being off, hormones being off, blockages, and so forth. 
but they don't get pregnant that month. And they're just like, ah, why am I not pregnant? And, um, so I really like to teach women. It's just, it's kind of unrealistic to expect that your body, your body to fall pregnant when, um, you know, the cycle's not healthy because all these things have to be in place to support pregnancies. So you have, to, you know, when your egg is maturing and, and getting ready to be ovulated in the follicular phase, the first half of your cycle, you know, that process has to go well so that you have an, an, a healthy egg, um, that that ovulates and then ovulation has to go well so the you know hormones have to be in place there there can't be any blockages that keep the the egg from bursting out of the follicle and being available for fertilization and and you know your your tubes have to be open and the the chemistry has to be right so that the sperm can survive and and you know, the sperm has to be healthy and then implantation you know so assuming that there there was a fertilized embryo there there is a fertilized embryo and it has to travel down the fallopian tube and implant and then you so the uterine lining has to be healthy and fresh and and ready to receive and implant that fertilized embryo and then the hormones have to be in place your progesterone and so forth to support that process as well and then um, from you know the and the embryo being able to thrive in that environment and continue to grow and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it sounds so complex and it really is so complex and, it, and, it, and miraculous. And, but the beautiful thing is that this is what our body wants to naturally do when it's resourced, when it has, um, you know, when it has the right environment, it has the support that it needs, the nutrients it needs, and so on and so forth. And the good news is our bodies are really resilient. And so when we do consistently give our bodies the, uh, the resources, the support that it needs, it's going to naturally, you know, support this amazing, miraculous, complex process. Um, but if there are things that are off in our, in our cycle, anywhere in our period to the follicular phase, ovulation, implant, all, any part of it, it's, it's going to affect the other. Just like in Chinese medicine, everything is in relationship with each other. You know, our, all of our systems of our body are in relationship to, with each other. So our immune system, our lungs, it's in relationship with our fertility and our reproductive organs. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we can get just kind of like tunnel vision and laser focused on like our ovaries, <laughs> You know, and like our eggs, right. and like our eggs are the problem. You know, but get, you know, guess what? Our eggs are actually affected by our lungs, and by our liver, and by our heart, and by our digestive system, and um, you know, um, each part of our our menstrual cycle. The the whole twenty eight days is connected to each other, and then you know, just like our emotions and our mind are connected to our bodies and our reproductive organs, and so on. So it's all this beautiful interweaving. Um, so that was kind of a long winded response, but you know, it's a, but that, but that's what I really like to teach women to be more mindful in their, throughout their cycle and also their day to day to tune into their body as well as their mindset and, and really under, start to connect those dots about how everything is connected. Cause then once you start to connect those dots, then you can you can make more mindful choices to support your overall health and to support the health of your your cycle as well. And then as and then you're able to see those small changes like, oh, hey, like um, I didn't uh, instead of ovulating on, say, day 20 of my cycle this time, I ovulated on day 16. That's that's definitely going in the right direction. I didn't have as much spotting before I got my period or I had healthier flow with my period. And then that's really encouraging and women can see oh, I'm moving in the right direction. And so let me continue to do this and support my body. And then as you see the pieces fall into place, then you can say, oh, now I can see my body is ready to get pregnant as opposed to being like your cycles, your cycles all over the place. Why am I not pregnant? So it, I just feel that there's a lot of gaps that need to be filled in there for women to truly understand how they can support their bodies in this process. and 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 truly, you know, like take, feel empowered to get their bodies in a position where it can fall pregnant rather than just being like, oh, like I, I'm feeling really helpless. Well, I love that you explained it in such detail because, I mean, we talk about that here on the show and, you know, you can educate your patients on it, but I think it needs to be heard so many times to understand 
the complexity of it, as well as the simplicity of getting it healthy again, that that can actually happen because it's definitely not something that we were taught. Like, I don't know about you, but in school I was taught how not to get pregnant and here's your birth control. (laughs) I wasn't taught like, Hey, you're fertile four to five days out of the month, not the rest. (laughs) And here's how you know when you're ovulating, like that didn't really happen in health class. Um, at least for me and, and a lot of women that I come across. And I think it's really important to understand all those nuances of your cycle, because it can feel like forever when you're trying and to be able to celebrate those, those, what somebody else might say is a tiny win, but it is a huge win. If you're ovulating at day 16, instead of 20, it means you probably have a chromosomally sound egg, right? Yeah, exactly. Super important. Mm -hmm. Why, why do you think that there's such a disconnect? I mean, cause I, I do love integrative medicine. And, you know, if somebody has to do IVF, no problem, right? We support those, those women and in their cycles. And there is actually, you know, a lot of times where it's potentially that woman would not have gotten pregnant without IVF, right? Whether, you know, the tubes are blocked or maybe there's male factor or something really complex to that degree. Um, but why do you think there's such a disconnect of when a woman is experiencing problems getting pregnant and they show up at their OB's office and they're not even educated about how to know if their cycle is healthy, right? What to look for. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's just the question I'm trying to figure out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Well, if I, if I were to narrow it down, like narrow it down to just like that specific doctor that they go to. Like, I don't blame the doctors. I blame like a larger system. Uh, But the individual doctors that they're just following through with how they were trained and um, the tools that are at their disposal, you know, so they don't, they're not trained in any kind of holistic approach. Maybe if you know, if you're lucky, you have a doctor who's just open minded, and maybe took it upon themselves to learn about it and be resourced with some great holistic practitioners to refer to. Um, but most doctors, you know, they're busy. And so they're going to be practicing what in, you know, the medicine that they were trained to practice. And so you know, when you go, when you go to your doctor and you, you say, Hey, I've been trying for six months or a year, you know, we as acupuncturists know like, Hey, no, okay, great. Like go to your doctor, see if you need to make sure your tubes are open and, you know, get some diagnostics run, but like, come over here, you know, right. <laughs> and we'll get your cycle sorted out. We'll really look into why your body's not out, uh, you know, able to naturally conceive right now. And like, and what kind of support it needs so you can do that naturally. But that's just not, that's just not how Western medicine works. It works by like, okay, what tools are, are at our disposal? And that's pretty much um, pharmaceuticals and surgical procedures. They're not trying to figure out like, oh, let's look at your BBT charts. Or let me like, let's analyze like how many, do you have a lot of clots in your period flow? No, they're not asking any of those questions. Um And that's just sort of the limitations of Western medicine. And like, there's so many strengths of Western medicine. uh, But I think it's up to us um, to advocate for ourselves and um, like, have different practitioners to like, you know, you want a holistic practitioner, and you also want a Western conventional medical practitioner, you know, because they're two different things, and they really do need to be integrated. Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, and the, the larger reason I think that there's, well, I just think that there's a lot of, you know, problems with our conventional medical care system that that would be a whole other conversation. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, well, and I, and I think that's also driven by what we want in society at large, right? Like we want an answer now mm. and the old paradigm of the doctor knows best and I'm just going to do what they tell me versus what my body is trying to flag me down and tell me that's, you know, kind of been a little bit of a lost art as well in terms of, of listening to those clues that your body is giving you, which I think Chinese medicine does a really beautiful job of being like, Hey, your uterus doesn't hate you, but 
she's unhappy with all of this food you're putting in, Mm -hmm. you know, this cold, cold food in your luteal phase. And that's why you're seeing these, these crazy, uh, slimy clots that you're seeing, right? Like, let's take that out of the diet and see if your uterus is any happier. Um, which, you know, is, seems so simple to that complexity of how we get to actually be humans, right? When you explain all that Mm. has to go right in that great detail. And then you're like, but wait, I can just do these simple practices and, and, you know, clean up my diet and maybe do some acupressure points or some mindfulness techniques and exercise and and really try and connect with myself and my partner. And that's going to change my physiology, which harkens back to that, that mind body connection that I think so many of us are unfortunately becoming a bit divorced from as society speeds up. Um, I mean, you've been doing this a while. So do you have the same experience that I have where you see people rushing into IVF because it's suddenly more available maybe? Um, and the, the success rates have gone up so much since when we first started, you know, I mean, 10, 10 years ago, I think they were at like 25% on a good day. And now they're, you know, some clinics are saying 70, 75%. I see this like huge shift into it's been three months and I want to do IVF. Mm. Um, and I just wonder what the, the impetus behind that is, you know, is it, as a greater, you know, as a society, like what, how we've gotten to that place of <laughs> let's just, I mean, cause that is kind of like the ultimate intervention, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess now, because primarily the women that I work with, um, it's are, are through my online program rather than, um, an in-person, um, acupuncture practice. And so a lot of the women who are coming to me, it's like they've gone through multiple IVF cycles that have failed. And so they're kind of like, yeah, this is clearly not working. So I have to try something out, else out. But, you know, they probably did go to IVF right away. And for whether it's ex- um, accessibility or improved success rates. And I would, I mean, besides improved, you know, um, techniques and so forth. Uh, with IVF, I think probably those success rates, the ones that claim 75%, I mean, they're, a lot of times those numbers are skewed by like the population that they're willing to work with. Some IVF clinics won't work with cases that are going to bring their numbers down, you know? And, and, right. And so, you know, there's a lot of women that are coming off of birth control in their late 20s or early 30s that are ready to start a family. And, but because they've been on birth control for all of these years, their cycle's a mess, you know, their, their cycles and our, their reproductive system has essentially been shut down. And so they don't conceive right away. And then they're really anxious about it. Then they go to their doctor and then they're put, then they're, you know, pumped full of fertility drugs and it, and that doesn't necessarily work either because the problem is that there's all these synthetic hormones in their systems. And so then they're like, well, okay, IUI didn't work or a medica- medicated cycle didn't work. So you have to do IVF. And, um, and so, you know, they're, because they're maybe not ovulating or something, because again, their, their reproductive systems have been shut down. And so then, um, you know, like you said, I think that there's definitely we, you know, who doesn't want a quick fix? Like we all want quick fixes to our problems. Like that's just natural. And then when there's when there's that availability and when your doctor, like you said, who we, we've been conditioned to be like, well, our doctor knows best. Um, and when our doctors are recommending this is the course of action you should you could take and this is the only solution we have. And we're also conditioned to be like, well, like doctors have solutions for everything. You know, if I break my arm, they're going to cast it. It's going to go, you know, if I, if um, I have a headache, then I can take this pill. If I'm not getting pregnant, this is what the doctor says to do. So, you know, it's, it's understandable how it it can happen that way. Um, I, I mean, I think that a lot of women do feel kind of worried about the fact that they're putting drugs in their system. And of course, you know, the financial costs and it's stressful. And I mean, we'd all rather like who wouldn't rather conceive like by having fun (laughs) with your partner (laughs) and it's free. Like that's one of the things we used to would not be the expensive part of having a kid. The women who have come to me who have 
you know, have multiple failed cycles. I think that's, oh, that was the point that I was going to make. I think part of the reason that there's so much anxiety and so much rush around it is because of so much messaging too. That's like, your clock is ticking, your clock is ticking, your clock is ticking, like time is running out. So there's just this incredible added pressure that women feel, which I'm like, clearly, obviously there is, you know, we do have a certain time period in our, through, in our lifetime that are our reproductive years. But I, I, I think that the whole like, oh, you know, your, your, your fertility, your ability to have a child is just like seriously like plummets the day you hit 35 years old and like, oh my God, 40, you are one old lady. This, that would be it. You'd be a geriatric mother. You know, I think that it's disproportionate because, I'm sure you see this all the time where you've helped women become much more fertile at 40 than they were at 35 because you taught a woman how to support her health and restore her health and her fertility. So, um, you know, I think that there's just this panic that's instilled in women and, you know, this, this idea that like IVF can just override underlying health issues and, and the reason why your body is not getting pregnant in this moment. Right. I think that's such an important thing to drive home because it's one of the most maybe undervalued parts of traditional Chinese medicine for people that don't study it is that it actually can turn back the clock on your chronological Mm. age. Like the Chinese were obsessed with A, being immortal and B, looking young forever, right? (laughs) Like when you read the texts, I mean, of course they were able to make you reproductively younger, Uh, which is kind of the exact opposite of putting a bunch of hormones into your body. But one of the things that I find interesting now that is disproportionate with Chinese medicine and kind of where we're at in today's society is, you know, the idea that if your body was in balance, you would just detox. But I don't think that, you know, the ancient sages would have ever been able to conceptualize how many chemicals we would have been up against, right? Like what we would have been exposed to. So how do you feel about detoxes before fertility, especially if somebody's been engaged in assisted reproductive technologies and having to put a bunch of drugs into their bodies? Is that something that you advocate for with like an herbal detox or case by case basis? Like how how do you feel? Because I know my my training was just oh just balance the body it'll detox and and I don't know that I see that all the time anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I agree with you totally that like what we're dealing with now environmentally is a completely different thing than, you know, ancient Chinese. And yes, I do advocate for doing a detox. Um, I actually first guide the women that come to me to heal their gut because I learned from like some, I took a continuing educational education course in functional medicine and what really made sense to me from that course is the instructor taught that it's really important to heal the gut before you do a detox. And it's kind of safe to say, um, along with the fact that it's safe to say that we're all exposed to a lot of chemicals in our modern day, um, that we also all to some degree have some leaky gut, um, you know, like inflammation in our GI tract that allows for undigested food particles and so forth to leak through. And then our body has, you know, attacks those food particles as like a foreign substance. And that causes an inflammatory response. And to the degree at which this may be going on in your body can like, is really impacting a lot of women like with autoimmune issues or like developing autoimmune issues and just systemic inflammation. Um, So, you know, like that could be the root of hypothyroidism or um, endometriosis, um, fibroids, just a lot of these inflammatory conditions. And, and if you don't, you know, his theory that is that if you, your gut is not healed and like properly, you know, the, the fissures in your GI tract are properly, are not properly sealed and it's leaky, then also toxins can, um, can leach through. So your body's going to be able to detox uh, naturally on its own much better if your gut is healed. And if you do a detox where your gut is not healed, then you're going to recirculate all of those 
toxins through your system and they won't be able to be properly excreted from your body. And that, that's why a lot of times people feel kind of sick when they're doing a detox because they're, you know, they're like pulling out all these toxins from their dormant toxins from their tissues, circulating them in the bloodstream and not able to properly excrete them. So I advocate for um, uh, one month of gut healing. I use a supplement as well as, you know, dietary recommendations and then, and then a 10 day, um, supplement detox that I've had really good results with. I mean, I've had women who, who, you know, were really difficult cases, like um, 40 years old, stage four endometriosis, polycystic ovaries, um, diminished ovarian reserve, low AMH, do that protocol, follow that protocol. And then, and having had, you know, multiple failed IVF cycles, like three failed IVF cycles. So also, you know, all of those fertility drugs in her system, use that protocol in adjunct with my online program and then, and get pregnant naturally in two months. So, um, and I've had multiple cases like that. So I've come to really experientially, um, trust that approach as well. But, you know, it's important to know that like not, which I know, you know, but obviously like your listeners and, and any woman in this position, it's important to know that all detoxes are definitely not created equally. And a lot of them can be, um, you know, can cause more harm than, than be beneficial. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the, we want the tool, right? We want to just get the crud out of our body, but a lot of us don't think about, well, how is the system that's going to excrete it all working? You know, and it's, it's just like when you ask someone, how's your menstrual cycle or how are your bowel movements? And they'll say normal, right? And normal for them might be like the furthest thing from normal, but that's all you know, right? And then when you explain like, hey, we would love to see your bowels formed and moving once a day, like maybe not going every four days is is not helping you, then maybe somebody's never even said that to them, right? Yeah, totally. And so I think that it's so important to drive us home, really the essence of Chinese medicine of like every single system is connected. And if you're only as strong as the weakest link, And if we can zero in on that weakest link, even if it's not your ovary or your uterus and fix it, you stand a much better chance at falling pregnant in whatever path you choose. So, and I, and I, you know, that is the essence of holistic medicine, but I don't, you know, if you don't practice it, then it can sometimes feel elusive maybe. So what else do you do in your program? I'm curious besides, you know, the gut healing, which I think is awesome that you start with that you use acupressure and, and ear seeds too. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Um, yeah, the ear seeds is separate, but certainly there's a, a separate company called earseeds.com. They're colleagues and, um, they have a bunch of different kits for where you can, you know, they have little, they send it with a little map of where you put the seeds in your ear and they send you the seeds and tweezers. So there's one for like low back pain and one for vision and, uh, one for stress and so on and so forth. And so they asked me to be the expert behind their fertility ear seeds kit um, and design the point protocol for that. So I did that. So but I the, the ear seeds are great and they can um, absolutely be used alongside of my program, but they're, that's like a, a separate company. My program is, yeah, it's based in like the kind of like the core of the program are acupressure protocols. So they're uh, acupressure protocols that I designed based on my clinical experience. So it's and supporting each stage of the cycle. Um, so, you know, like four different phases of the cycle during your period, then your follicular phase when your egg is growing and, and the ovulatory phase and the implantation phase. And then there's also specific protocols for preparing for fertility treatment, like an um, embryo transfer and egg retrieval and so forth. And so it's just, you know, it's based on everything that we talked about in this interview is, you know, just getting the cycle healthy and there's tracking tools in there so that you're able to um, assess yourself from a Chinese medicine perspective. Like you fill out this self questionnaire, like, 
exactly like you said, like, am I constipated? And what are my, what are my bowel movements? Like, are they, you know, loose? Am I getting headaches? At what point in my cycle am I getting headaches? Am I spotting? Um, and, you know, I talk about with the with the members of my program, I talk about like, you know, if they say, well, I, I've been spotting, what does that mean? What do I do? And it's like, I teach them, well, what color is the spotting and, it, and what point in your cycle is the spotting and so on. So, you know, in teaching that, like, there's different types of spotting that mean different things. So they, besides having um, actual tools, like instructional videos that they follow to support their cycle and their fertility and, and, and all of the systems, um, their digestion, their liver health, and so on and so forth. Um, there's also, they're getting a lot of that knowledge so that they can really understand, oh, okay, now, like now I'm getting these answers that I never got from my doctors. Like I see I have blockages here and I'm, or, you know, I'm imbalanced in this way. And then, and then they have the actual tools to implement, to, to bring them back into balance and, you know, remove those blockages and so forth. And there's also some guided meditations and Qigong video, a lot of like mindset support and lifestyle support tools as well. I love that. I love that you're actually teaching them, you know, what is happening in their bodies. Cause my ultimate hope is that they, they will teach their children that, right. And this won't be a lost art of how to take care of yourself. And how awesome that you've incorporated acupressure points because so many people are terrified of acupuncture needles, right? So you don't even have to go down that road if you don't want to. You can still get all the benefits of Chinese medicine with just self-acupressure, which I find empowering to be able to do it yourself and not have to employ somebody else, right? Yeah, absolutely. And not every woman has access to an acupuncturist. But I also really encourage um, women to continue, like get acupuncture as well. Um, as you know, they, they work beautifully together. Because again, like any healthcare practitioner, when you go and you visit them in their office, they're there to support you, they're there to guide you. But that would be like saying, you know, going to, to a personal trainer, and they teach you a workout and like, you know, like guide you through a really good workout one day a week, but that's not like you also have to work out on your own the other day. Yes. <laughs> right. So um, it certainly is a great alternative if you have no access to acupuncture or you're terrified of needles or whatever it may be, or maybe you have an acupuncturist in your area that you go to that's like a general acupuncturist and doesn't specialize in fertility. So this is really great to get the like the fertility specialist perspective to kind of supplement that. Um, but it's also really great to use with your acupuncturist. So you do have that like personalized care and, and the support of your local acupuncturist, especially to prescribe herbs and give you that uh, an object, some objective guidance and I find that local acupuncturists are really grateful when women are doing my program because then women get it and they can be more of like a co, you know, participant in the process because they understand like, oh, I get, I know what liver cheese stagnation means, you know? Um, right. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'm, the world is definitely going to be a better place because you've created that program. So Aww, thank you for thank you. bringing that to as many women as that you, as you have. It's such a, a huge win. And thank you for coming on and having this conversation and enlightening our listeners about some of the differences between Chinese medicine and, and Western and how they can work together. Cause I think that's an, an important knowledge base to have, especially when you're trying to advocate with different practitioners about how to, um, why you want them to potentially work together. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love supporting our profession. Um, not for everybody's sake, for, you know, acupuncture's sake, just for the, because it's such a powerful medicine and there's so many talented, like inc incredible practitioners out there. And, um, you know, the public needs to know. And so I really do, you know, take joy in supporting our profession and letting people know like how valuable acupuncture is and, and, um, helping acupuncture practices thrive as well. And, and also thank you for having hosting this podcast and getting all this information out and having these amazing conversations with practitioners and, um, for all the women, you know, it's these combined efforts that we're making that are part of the shift in, 
the the wonderful shift and opening that's going on in this in our world now to to incorporate this ancient wisdom in our modern lifestyle. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I think it's such a a unique time that we live in to be able to marry those two things together for mm. sure. So if you had one piece of advice for our listeners um, that are having some fertility challenges, I mean, I know you have a ton of advice. You should definitely check out her program <laughs> and all the links will be on ladypotions.com um, on the episode notes for you to be able to find Heidi Brockmeyer and her fertility activation method. method. <laughs> yes. Okay. Bam. I love it. Um, but if you had one piece of advice, what, what, do you, what would that be? Um, what comes to mind is letting go of being perfect. There's so many, I think there's a lot of type A women, um, no judgment. I tend to, to fall into the type A category as well. Um, and just a lot, we put, as women, we just put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And even with trying to conceive, it can, we can put, you know, there can, you can put a lot of pressure on yourself to like do everything perfectly. And I would encourage you to just consider the 80-20 rule. Just go for 80% of doing the best that you can and allow yourself 20% of like slacking, messing up, whatever. Um, because And, you know, so that you're not totally stressing yourself out as you are, you know, balancing your commitment to doing what you can to support your fertility, but without losing your mind. I love that. Yes. And I too, recovering type air over here. So mm-hmm. I get it. So I love our patient population, <laughs> yeah. right? We get, we, we get our own for sure. <laughs> um, and then you also are, are offering a four-step fertility reset plan masterclass. Um, and we're going to put the link to that up as well. Uh, do you have an Instagram uh, that you're active in or a Facebook where people can also find links to all of the knowledge bombs that you drop on the daily? Yeah, both. Um, my Instagram is just Heidi Brockmeyer, um, at Heidi Brockmeyer. <laughs> um, and Facebook, I my Facebook page is Heidi Brockmeyer, um, LAC, licensed, that stands for licensed acupuncturist. And I also have a free Facebook group called Balance and Restore. Um, so if, if you, you know, search that in Facebook, it, there's like, thousands of women in there that are um it's a really great community that share tips with each other and are like holistically minded and it's you know um it's a really great community to be able to get support and talk and get advice and stuff and talk with other women who are on the same journey Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show and giving us your valuable time and all that you've created. I really appreciate talking to another uh Chinese medicine professional like yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I I appreciate the conversation as well. And to our listeners, thank you. Your time and your attention is your most valuable asset. And we're honored that you spent the last hour of your life with us. So we hope this has been of value. And if you have questions, please reach out to either one of us at any time. Bye for now. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I invite you to try my seven day self-care challenge. It's free. And all you have to do is head over to fertilinesradio.com to sign up. We'll see you there.